Hello, welcome to another MLEX podcast associated with our Best of MLEX series. My name is James Paniki. I'm MLEX's Brussels Managing Editor, and today we are indeed happily ensconced in the Brussels office of MLEX on the rather bleak Rue de la Loire. And we're here to talk trade with MLEX's Chief Trade Correspondent, Poppy Bullock. Hello, Poppy. Hello. Now, uh, you've been writing about China's increasing uh, dissatisfaction with how its products are treated both by the US and the EU, but we're going to be focusing specifically on the EU today. Now, China's exports uh, exports are often caught up in highly complex anti-dumping calculations, but let's assume that not all listeners are trade experts today, so walk us through it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Starting from the key question, what is dumping and why does China have so much at stake here? Well, dumping is quite simply when an exporting product is sold in another country below the value on its own market or below the cost to make the product that it's selling. And and the Chinese in particular have had a lot of their exports affected by these considerations on the assumption that they are being dumped on European markets. Absolutely. The very large majority of EU tariffs for dumping and anti-subsidy are against China. And of course, this means... Um, that there is less likelihood for those goods that have tariffs that EU importers are going to buy the Chinese goods. And under WTO rules, the EU is committed to free trade, but it can impose tariffs if it fears products are indeed being dumped on the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is what has been occurring with a number of Chinese uh, products. But there's, a, I suppose, a wider context to all of this, and that is about about China's accession to the World Trade Organization. What do we need to know about that? Right. So this is about um, a broken promise in the eyes of the Chinese government. They joined the WTO 15 years ago, and they believe that when they joined in the negotiation text uh, for their entry, um, a clause was written in saying that um, after the 11th of December 2016, all members of the WTO would start treating it as a market economy, and um, very few countries have moved to do that. Yes, well, let's specify what we mean by market economy, because this is really key to understanding this, uh, this, uh, this issue, isn't it? Indeed, it really is. It basically boils down to whether an investigating authority is using the costs and prices of that probed country when it's calculating its tariffs. So if it's a market economy, as in the companies are operating in a free market and their costs and prices are used, then that I mean, that's exactly what China would, would be wanting. Um, a non-market economy is when their costs and prices are, are discarded and a third country, which is considered a free market, um, would have its um, costs and prices used to calculate its tariffs. So, so in other words, China is facing, uh, at the moment, the reality that the Chinese are facing is that the, the costs of its uh, of its production has not been uh, not been taken into account. They're using, in fact, the costs of another country simply because, for whatever reason, they don't consider uh, those costs to be uh, reliable a reliable indication of what the costs uh, Absolutely, are. Absolutely, yes. because they believe that the Chinese government are. Um, are linked to a lot of the uh, the market, and 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 that that is that is uh, another part of the issue is is whether or not this is a genuinely free market economy, or whether or not um, the fact that the Chinese government is so deeply involved and enmeshed in 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 all facets of the economy uh, uh, creates a sort of a, a conceptual problem, I suppose. Now, um, so so um, where are we now? The Chinese have made an official complaint to the WTO. 
uh, when you wrote your piece, you had seen correspondence uh, from the Chinese to the European Union. Mm-hmm. Just in broad terms, what what are their what are their concerns? Are they simply concerns as we've just outlined them, or is there something more to it? That, that is the essential um, message from China in its complaint, um, and also with the US, is that um, look at, they have looked at the uh, domestic laws of both nations, but essentially their laws still don't give them their, um, the ability to have their costs and prices taken at face value from the get-go. Um, and um, they, you know, they make the reference to the fact that the deadline has passed from um, uh, the 11th of December 2016. And, and they're unhappy w- with the fact that uh, there hasn't been mo- more movement as a result of that. Exactly. Now, um, the EU is planning uh, to change its legislation. What kind of changes is the EU talking about at the moment? The EU made a proposal to uh, address this issue very late last year. Um, and their main um, focus is to remove the question of who is and isn't a market economy. They want to remove a clause, which is in our current trade law now, um, to um, the, the clause, it names certain countries which are supposedly a non-market economy, including China, Vietnam, and a handful of others. Um, by removing that clause, they are saying that we will treat everyone the same. Everyone has the same level playing field. However, attached to that in this proposal is um, the notion that if the investigating authority finds that there is significant market distortions uh, linked to the goods that they are probing, then they would um, discard the costs and prices of whichever country that is and then use mm. other other nations' costs. So we can assume that China, on the one hand, would be happy to be removed from the countries that are listed in, as yes. non-market economies, but would be worried that this kind of flexibility would enable um, EU uh, investigators to be able to impose tariffs on them, uh, regardless of, of whether or not they're listed as a market economy or not. Absolutely, yes. And in, the European Commission has been clear in that Um, These conditions could be attached to any country that they investigate. However, a lot of um, EU officials have been on record to say that there are significant market distortions within China. Mm. So, of course, it it seems quite clear that this would be used against China. Uh, Just to be devil's advocate for a moment, but do the Chinese have a point in the sense that if you wanted to block... Uh, exports or imports from China into the EU and you wanted to find a a way to do that, you could do something like this. I mean, is this really just protectionism by another name? Well, that depends on who you ask. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what what are the people that you're speaking to suggesting? Um, I mean, could there be an element of that on the part of the EU? um, I I don't think that the Commission has done this to be protectionist. Um, In fact, they... They believe that the the tweaks to the law that they want to make would ultimately lead to the same level of tariffs that we're seeing against Chinese products now. Um, but the concern from the EU producers is that if uh, if they didn't have this sort of mechanism, if they just simply treated China as a market economy, then um, the tariffs would be a lot lower and the protection against Chinese goods, dumped Chinese goods, would wouldn't be there and that the EU industry would suffer. And, and I mean, you speak to industry people all the time here in Europe and you know how vocal they are about wanting these, uh, these, these dumping, dumping tariffs to remain in place. There's, so there's obviously, 
there's obviously everyone has a vested interest in all of this, and that's mm. why it's such a, a, a hot topic of conversation. Absolutely, and you know it's very controversial because you have obviously the let, let's take um, steel for an example. Um, you have the European steel makers who want those tariffs so that they can. Um, uh, be protected from the, the cheaper Chinese imports. However, then you have the users of that steel, like the car makers and the appliance makers, and they don't want those tariffs because they use that steel to make their goods and then their costs go up. So there's, you know, mm. there's a balance for the commission. Yeah, that's right. And no doubt all of these, uh, all of these different sides are, are lobbying furiously whenever a decision like this has to be made. Uh, but what has happened since the case uh, was brought? I mean, what's, uh, what's the next step in this process? Right, so the, uh, the consultation um, period has come to an end um, and now um, China is expected to request a panel. Um, in terms of um, where, what the EU is doing internally, it's looking at um, its proposal. Um, it's now with the European Parliament and with EU governments. Um, it's still very early days, but what's interesting is that a number of member states are wanting to um, wait for the outcome of the WTO panel before changing any of EU mm. trade defence law. Um, however, there are also a, a good number of member states that really do just want to get this changed rapidly. And, and assuming that the current proposal just goes through as it is uh, today... It's all going to end up before the WTO. Is that a fair assumption? The, the Chinese are not going to take kindly to it and it's going to end up uh, in, in arbitration at some level? Absolutely. Um, I think if, uh, certainly if, the, if it looked like the proposal we have now where there is any suggestion that costs and prices um, would be discarded in a Chinese investigation, no matter what the conditions are attached to it, then um, it's almost certain that the Chinese government would uh, take issue with that. Poppy, thank you so much for uh, speaking to me today. Thank this you. is your first podcast. I think we had a lot of fun. But uh, before you leave, you are about to undertake the ultimate rebranding exercise, <laughs> aren't you? Because uh, we should alert your faithful readers that when you return from leave, you will no longer be Poppy Bullock. That's right. <laughs> I will not. I will have changed my name to Poppy Carnell. Pop Poppy Carnell, you are in <laughs> fact getting married. So congratulations from all of us on that front. Uh, thank you. And you will be known as Poppy Carnell from this moment on. So. Indeed. So from me, James Paniki, and Poppy Carnell, nay Bullock, thank you very much for listening. Bye for now.